Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Erica's and Tara Xehanort to my lingering will. Spoilers, <laughs> I guess? This is not a let's play. This is a book club style media discussion. The reading for this week is through the end of Tara's route. You are up to date, aren't you, listeners? Well, now we've threatened our listener base and we've assigned him homework. We can go ahead and continue. And I'm Matt, I guess. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, you're here. Yes. Uh, I guess I, I guess I will be Tara Zeanort, I suppose. I, I think I think that's probably all that ended up happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty I mean, let's go about following the spoilers. You always have been. Yeah, really. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Ah, jeez. So we have completed all the Disney worlds on Terra's route. So it's time to go on a space bike ride and see a warm light with Terra. Where do we end up? He's just been driving along, probably a little bit sleepy. Maybe didn't remember where he turned off, but we made it to Destiny Islands. What? A pow poo of fruit washes up at Terra's feet and it looks like the Charm Aquamade. Yeah, he compares it to it. In fact, he's like, oh, shit. Aqua was talking about these magic fruits. How did she know about them? Yeah, how did Aqua know about them? I mean, I think she just heard about it. Maybe she heard about it from Xehanort. Because <laughs> <this is> <laughs> remember, this is, where, this is where Xehanort was before he brought Aventus to the land of departure. So I mean, OK, was he just hanging out with Erica's talking about this neat fruit story he heard last week? Maybe. <laughs> and Aqua was listening in. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to imagine that Xehanort and Ericus do not guard their conversations all that much because Ericus is kind of a dip and Xehanort doesn't care. So maybe they just started talking about fruits at one point. It could also just be that Pau fruits are have classically been on multiple worlds, but with oh, the God, they're an invasive here. species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the seeds attached to the Keyblade Masters that appear in multiple locations. <laughs> we are writing the new canon. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Terra makes his way to the brooding island and because that's you, where as he belongs, you expect, right? Yeah, as you expect, that's where you expect him to go. This feels right somehow. Yes. <laughs> and then he opens up a door that goes into darkness and goes into a little bit of reminiscence, makes it out of the darkness. I forget what the reminiscence is about exactly. Did someone say the door to darkness? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not here yet. Also wrong game. He's just muttering to himself about, like, will we ever be a team again? All the things that held us together just push us further apart. And now the light has led me. He's just muttering to himself. Yeah, he's just muttering he was, to himself. And, and honestly, he was, he was in the shack more than anything. True, true. You're right. Yeah. And then he sees a young Sora and Riku go running by. And we have a pretty clear idea now of what the time frame of this series is. This is like five years before Kingdom Hearts 1. Is it? Because yep. I feel like they're like six I, I would say they're like eight. Well, no one else ages besides them. So how can we tell? <laughs> Whatever the case may be, it still is like not that much of time has passed mm. between the events that are happening now and the events in Kingdom Hearts 1. And that blows my mind about how short the time frame is. Yeah, I still think that time is kind of nebulous in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, are we playing my Narnia rules where the time is wherever the hell the author felt like this book? <laughs> Honestly, it works for fantasy. It could work for this. I mean, Narnia rules just means you get to make up whatever you feel like. 
Aslan is both an ancient legend and was also, you know, like uh, lost a battle like a few weeks ago. Wow. I was more talking about how in the first book to the second book, one year is a thousand years. From the second book to the third book, one year is three years. You can just roll a die every time a book shifts. Well, I mean, we kind of did that in Final Fantasy fourteen to uh, fourteen as well, right? With uh, for Shadowbringers, yeah, for Shadowbringers, we did it once. Well, technically, multiple times because multiple signs went in at different times. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not like we actually saw any of that. We just heard them complain about it. We heard, yeah, we heard them complain about it, and it's only like over a course of like five years. Or whatever the case may be. Speaking of making things up as we go along, Terra sees light in Riku and wonders if he was here to meet this kid. Terra, yeah. that light's not coming from Riku. <laughs> I just point out, has anything Terra done actually been guided by some intellect, much less his own until this point? <laughs> Technically, if you consider Xehanort as having an intellect, then maybe that. I bet I could get him to mess with some kids and ruin their future. And I would argue he does now. Yep. Uh, Sora and Riku wonder what the fuck's up with this big guy. They don't question it. They're just like, oh, hey, where'd you come from? You're not, not you're, from around here. You're not from the main island, which I'm pretty sure exists. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we know where the main island is, kind of. That's where Sora's mom is off screen. And where and where Kyrie might go to school. Might. She has a school uniform. <laughs> Riku finally decides to ask if Terra came from the outside world. And wait, if if Kyrie goes to school with Selfie, are they going to the garden? Also, technically, Kyrie's not there yet. So, <laughs> mm. well, that's that's for a later. Arc. That's for one yes. of the later paths. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't live on this island. So, like, Riku, I don't know what's going on in Riku's mind right now. He even says, like, his friend's dad brings him on the boat. So is that Sora's dad or another friend they refuse to talk about? I think it's Sora's dad. No, no, it's worse. It's Titus's dad. It's Jack. He's actually trying to be a good. Oh, shit, it is Jack. Jack definitely <laughs> has to be the one that's taking this to the island. It can't be Sora. Sora doesn't have a dad. I'm terrified yeah, about the idea of Sora having a dad. He starts, but then Jet starts starts telling the kids not to cry. So yeah, yeah, um, Jet, yeah, it's definitely Jet tell, taking the kids out to the island, leaving them there, telling them don't cry. And he goes back and tells everyone else, "Oh yeah, I watched the kids all day." Yep. Now we know why they're on this abandoned island. Oh my gosh, we've solved it. We've solved it. Jet is one of the worst dads in Final Fantasy, mostly because most dads are dead ahead of time. Yep. Uh, Riku mentions that once he heard there was a kid who had actually managed to get out of there for good. Then Terra's just sort of like trips balls right now because Riku <laughs> seems to morph into Ansem Seeker of Darkness and then finally into older Riku. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> well, that's just ha- him having a prophetic vision. I think he actually turns. I think he turns in all sorts of things there. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's like, oh, shit. Uh, what is going on? Why is this happening? He just figures <laughs> that whatever he's seeing is important. And Riku starts asking, how did you get here? And Terra's like, oh, right, I'm not supposed to talk about this shit. Yep. Not important. Why do you care? Shut yep. up, kid. I bet yep. he was like, so Terra looks at Riku and he has sense like, I sense something within you. I also share this truth. We both make decisions the same way. I'm sorry. Well, he doesn't say I'm sorry. He probably should. Yeah. Instead, he decides that he's going to, like, give Riku the right to use a keyblade because that's a good idea. It's really I mean, ritualistic, too. It's oh, really yeah. important. Yep. Outside this tiny world is a much bigger one. In your hand, take this key. So long as you have the makings, then through the simple act of taking, it's wheeler you shall one day be. And you will find me, friends. No ocean will contain you then. No more borders around or below or above. 
So long as you champion the ones you love. By the way, that's a really lazy rhyme scheme. I can't quite pick up on it. Because it, it is almost a poem. It's clearly a ritualized poem. And with that, Riku's been inducted into the Keyblade cult. Don't tell Sora. It's a secret. <laughs> Sora was watching. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sora was, was he was up on the dock just watching to him like, what you doing with that old guy? Mm. <laughs> but Tara and literally says this is a secret or the magic will wear off. So an old man told you to take his, his weapon in your hand and then don't tell anyone about it. Yep. A little bit creepy. With that, Terra has resolved to protect his friends and his starting Keyblade becomes the ends of the Earth. Which I believe is familiar to us. Yeah, it looks very much like Lingering Will's Keyblade. Just like Terra's armor looks like Lingering Will's armor. You think they're trying to tell us something? I think they're trying to tell us something. Yeah. In all seriousness, it's dramatic irony. We already know where this story is going. Yep. I mean, we're booted right out of Destiny Island so we can never go back as soon as the scene's done. We don't even get to control. Oh, yeah. It's completely bubbled off from us. We cannot go back to Destiny Islands ever again, even though it's on our map. Destiny Island's like, wow, thanks for screwing everything up. Get the fuck out. Yep. It basically seems like Terra's part of Terra's destiny is to give give Riku the ability to use a keyblade. That (laughs) is part of it. That is part of it. Destiny is to deliver something to someone else. So he's a delivery boy, just like Sora. Yep. We can really <laughs> delivery boys. I mean, that's part of being an RPG protagonist. Terra sees another light out in space, and here's Xehanort calling. But but he first like, wait, was that light Ventus? Oh well. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Xehanort calls from. The Badlands are back open for Terra to go visit. And Xehanort has upgraded to just ominously standing on a rock, taking the high ground. There's a great big pillar. It's like, from up here, everything's awesome. Yep. Taking the high ground is something that cool people do in these kinds of stories. Yep. It's like, oh, I made and Xehanort's just I, he has just gotten brazen now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I have terrible news. Ventus discovered his origins. He was so angry. Mm-hmm. He's going to go her Ericus or something. I don't know. You should go see what happens. Yep. And with that, we get Terra's third level two command style. Dark Impulse. Surprised that we don't get this like just with the fight that happens next. No, we get it before that fight. I was very meticulous in my note taking. But it's time to go back to a place we've been walled off from again. We haven't been walled off from Land of Departure. We can go back there to look at treasure chests whenever we want, I think. Maybe. It's funny because you think Terra would absolutely refuse to go there. Right. I could be wrong about that. We fly back to Land of Departure just in time to see Ericus tell Ven he must not exist anymore. Oh, shit. That's literally the only line, but you must exist no more. And he's just holding his his sword over over uh, Ven. Yep. Which probably is not a good thing. Terra doesn't appreciate it at all. Guess what? You're Terracus now, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Terra merely jumps in, like transforming his armor, his sword halfway through to block. Like, Ven! What? Master, have you gone mad? Terra, I command you, step aside. No. You will not heed your master? I won't. Why do all my attempts to reach you fail? If you don't have it in your heart to obey, then you will have to share Sventus's fate. Enough. Terra, he, he's right. Quiet. Terra. And as Eric is blasting back with a bright light from his keyblade, Terra's body becomes engulfed in darkness. Mm. You may be my master, but I will not let you hurt my friend. 
Has the darkness taken you, Terra? And Terra creates a portal behind him and flings Ven into it. Wait, Terra! And so now we get to fight Ericus. It's I for me, I thought it was a pretty easy fight because I think he I'd already like done a bit of leveling. The thing is, you're forced into the dark impulse style, which we didn't really talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay, Keyblade style, I gotta say. One funny thing about this is that I'm sure this is just an example of convergent stories, but it really does seem like Ericus is kind of almost a prediction for Luke in The Last Jedi. Well, the Luke, the Luke of his own flashback, if is what you're thinking of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, basically it's, what what Luke fears that he is in mm-hmm. The Last Jedi. That, that does definitely make sense to me. It beat it by years and years. And Ericus, his difference is he's more inflexible. It's interesting because I, I, I want to build on that. Well, it's uh. interesting to point out. It's interesting to see how Ericus is a little different because mm. his problem is that he's actually too inflexible. Yeah. Luke fears his inflexibility and fails to fight it, but he still tries to in his later life. Eric is just is completely held up by his viewpoint there, and that's why things end up much worse for him. He doesn't even have his mm. he doesn't even have his triumphant moments. Yeah, he Ericus isn't able to like self-reflect to be self-reflect. He's not able to like change from this because the story is not about his change. I was just thinking about it because Mark Hamill voiced both of those things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. uh I, I imagine that Mark was probably thinking about Ericus uh, when he was doing uh, Luke's part in The Last Jedi. I think that's probably a bit of a stretch. Well, but it's it, it, it'd be interesting. It's hard to say because I know he started his Last Jedi role hesitant about it, though he definitely spoke up later saying that he felt it worked. But when he first heard about it, I remember he had problems with it. I want to piss off the jerks. So all I'm going to say is Last Jedi is the only good Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about Dark Impulse a little because it's kind of a weird style. Mm-hmm. Do you even do that much other than like create that warp underneath them for the finisher? I don't know. OK, I tried my best not to get into Dark Impulse because I didn't like it. So I mean, but what happens is like he gets dark. And then like I he, he gets dark like, any impulses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's floating a little. He's leaving trails everywhere around him. And he said he has like a teleport, but he doesn't really do any special moves. It doesn't alter his movement style like uh, like Blade Charge does with its huge range. So it's just kind of like you're, do, you're being a slightly powered up version with some unusual blasts. Yeah, but it's because because the point is he's using Darkness's fight. You're automatically starting it. I think you're automatically pushed into it every time you use a form change. Yeah. Scene continues after the fight. What have I done? Master, I just wanted to keep Fence safe. No, you are right. I failed you, Terra. Perhaps I've no one to blame but myself for the darkness inside you. And now I've done worse. Raised my keyblade against you and Ventus. My own heart is darkness. And then from behind, a dark pulse blasts him. Ericus drops to the ground, and he's and as as Terra tries to catch him, his body scatters into light. Master Ericus, what a sight! Why do you trouble yourself with remorse, Master Terra? The man was bent on doing harm to your friend, his own pupil. Master Sayanort, why? But you still fall short. Let all that anger out, my boy. Give your heart over to darkness. What do you mean? Still so blind. 
that I will make you see. Come to the place where all Keyblade wielders leave their mark on fate. The Keyblade Graveyard. There, you will watch your dear Ventus and Aqua meet their ends, and the last light within you will die. With his keyblade in one hand and his arm behind his back, Xehanort raises it high, dark power spewing out of it. He shoots a beam into the sky, which creates a massive dark orb that starts pulling everything in it like a black hole. Winds begin to blow, and the chains of the castle begin to break. You won't need a home anymore where you're going. What? And Xehanort vanishes through a corridor of darkness. Xehanort! Yep. That was and so thing. I really like that scene there. Like, oh, it's it, so cool. Like, yeah, Theodore uh, said, "Fuck it, this went great." But I, I, I just want to speed things up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, isn't this like the first truly like completely awful thing we've seen Xehanort do? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like this. This is where is where Xehanort basically entirely is like, okay, I've played around with with being on your side long enough. Uh, now I'm just going to crush you. This is his unlimited power moments. Oh, yeah. He yeah. just flat out destroys an entire world. Yeah. Yeah. That black hole. We The scene actually ends there, but it just devours the land of departure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't we see like the chains break and some of the land masses go into it? There's some ruins remaining like of the castle, but it's all broken and like scattered about. It looks, it looks like an asteroid field almost. Yeah, it's it is a mess. What was the name of the ending part of Kingdom Hearts one? It kind of like looks like like he just that's end of the world. Yeah, the end of the world looks like he just did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks like he just did the whole world compression thing of the end of the world, like you're saying. Is that and it's like and it, it doesn't even seem like he tried that hard. Like he's he, he literally it's strange while he holds his blade in one hand without even breaking his his arm behind his back posture. And it's just a simple blast. Oh, yeah, he's he's very much in his like, you know, freeze a moment. I'm going to simply destroy this world because I can. And mm-hmm. it, I don't need five minutes. Thing. I have teleports. Yep. Yep. And after that fight's done, we get the Chaos Ripper Keyblade, which is strong, but reduces magic. Good thing Terra doesn't get the shit about doing magic damage. Yeah, that's one of the better ones once you get it. I would argue the story context there is this is a corrupted Keyblade. Oh, yeah. But it's also Terra's best Keyblade by far. <laughs> Unless you get the ultimate weapon, but. <laughs> it, this reads like it's the Keyblade of his anger and his dark. Oh, yeah, it is. And unless you're going to go and do a bunch of side stuff to get the ultimate weapon, this is the best Keyblade <laughs> for Terra. Well we, well, we also get something else to go along with it. Say in report number eight. My brother pupil Ericus thinks only in absolutes. He has persuaded himself that light is the only way, but forgets that light cannot exist without shadow. I believe a balance of light and darkness is what sustains our world. But too much of the darkness has been stamped out, disrupting that balance. Someone must tear down this tyranny of light and reorganize the world around the darkness which then creeps back in. Ericus and I did not see eye to eye. I left and wandered the world. This was perhaps the first time I felt truly free since that day I departed my boyhood home. But free to do what? I had already shown the mark and become a Keyblade Master. But having been passed over a successor, all that remained to me was the road of a teacher. Ordinarily, Keyblade Masters take pupils under their wings, valuable minds in which to impress the precepts of the Keyblade Wielder and keep our profession alive for generations to come. 
Was my time drawing to an end, then, after all I had accomplished, since casting away the place of my birth? Surely waiting for a quiet death would not do, not when there was still so much I needed to see for myself. Powers help me, I thought. My body is so old. God, I love doing old Xehanort's voice. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun voice. You, you, you do a good job hamming it up like it should be done. Oh my gosh, like, I... I <laughs> I want to do this voice for the rest of eternity. This voice is incredible. <laughs> and I just love it's very close to what Nimoy's uh, natural voice is at this point in his life. It's yeah. Just oh, yeah. Voice. He just has a wonderful sounding voice, especially when he's overacting. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. All that done. Time to run towards the end. Yep. It's time for the Keyblade Graveyard, which is a really striking place. Even. Oh, uh, my gosh. From seeing it a little bit, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of Keyblades. Yeah. Well, we don't see all the Keyblades right away when we get to the Keyblade graveyard. It's the same land as the Badlands, but apparently he just never noticed this this major part of it. Yeah. I, I do want to mention one thing, though. Before we get to the story, this world's a little disappointing for a last world. It's, pre- it's really small. The visual is wonderful. The music is fantastic, but the gameplay is three screen. It's three screens. The first one you go up a hill. The second one you run away from some tornadoes. The third one you go through this long, narrow ravine. Very yep. striking, but it doesn't mean much. Yep. But now, but yeah, you, you mentioned the music. And also, if you've been keeping up with all your uh, stickers right now, you should have enough stickers to get the best Keyblade form, which is Rhythm Mixer. Uh, screw the, screw the, <laughs> screw the Dark Zone of the World. I'm going to dance. Yes. Rhythm Mixer is... Far and away the most powerful thing you can do in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Basically, you, you use it by overcharging electricity through a second form, mostly. And what and what is is like you you start doing rapid forward strikes. You're hitting with a rapier to a interesting music music notes, mm-hmm. and then at the end, like it, it summons a huge set of circles that you uh, just input rhythm commands into to cause blast for its final. Yeah, like it does so much damage, and it is. Honestly, like the best strategy against a lot of end game bosses, even post game bosses. It's crazy but, good. It is worth noting the final sticker is always in the graveyard, so you're never going to get it before this part of the story. Yeah, exactly. No matter whose route you will go on. Correct. So, yeah. Anyway, let's actually talk so about now, the story now. <laughs> yeah, we know how important this zone is. We know that this is where Xehanort's going to enact his plan. Yep. Terror resolves that what he does, he does for friendship. As you were saying, like, even though it's really small and not all that interesting, the music here is so good. Yep, like, it is. it's just like this soft piano uh, piece that just like oozes ominousness. It's great. Yeah, but it's pretty great. I agree. You, you almost feel like you can see the crunch of the design that they made a, a, a quick experience in the, mm-hmm. in the gameplay set. Like, it's it sort of like this world sort of encapsulates all the good and the bad of Birth by Sleep in my mind. Like... The story and the presentation here is great. The gameplay is birth by sleep. (laughs) Worlds are small and boxy and not that interesting. Full of it's full of invisible ghosts or something. Um, Yeah, we get to the end of this box canyon. There's this long ravine that leads out and we go to it and we reach the true Keyblade graveyard. Terra stands at an X shaped intersection, two empty paths surrounded by millions of dead Keyblades stuck in the ground. Aqua approaches from behind, a determined look in her face. I was told the master was struck down. Yes, that's right. I was stupid and helped Xehanort do it. (gasps) 
the master. He tried to hurt Ven. I only fought because I wanted to protect him. <sighs> but I was tricked. Xehanort set the whole thing up. Also, he awakened the darkness inside me. You were right, Aqua. And so was the master. I did need to be watched. I went astray. But no more. What else is darkness but hate and rage? Xehanort is feeding the dark fires within you, making you fight. You'll go astray again. Tell me, how does that honor our master's memory, Terra? And Ventus approaches them. Xehanort wants me and Venetus to fight and make some kind of keyblade. But the master said we can't let that happen. He tried to destroy me for it. Keyblade? I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it scares me to death. Even just the thought of it. Relax, Ven. We're here, and we're going to take care of you. I may have to fight Venetus after all. If I do, guys, I want you to... The three of us can never be torn apart, all right? I'll always find a way. The two try and comfort Ben, but he removes their hands. I'm asking you, as a friend, just put an end to me. Both gasp, and Aqua places her hands on her heart, and the wind picks up. They turn, they see Xehanort walking down the road towards them. With a flash, Venetus appears beside them. They stop shortly away. Behold! These lifeless keys used to be full of power, united with the hearts of their masters. On this barren soil, keyblades of light and darkness were locked in combat, as a great keyblade war raged. Countless keyblade wielders gave up their lives, all in search of one ultimate key. And soon, it will belong to me. Points at Ventus. Keyblade! I, I don't know. Is Nomura, no, is Nomura good enough with English? She understands how silly that name is. Does it, I mean, Nomura knows enough about English to know how amazing that name is. So I mean, uh, I, I make it clear I, to we have because this is the first time it's mentioned. It's very worth pointing what they're showing here in the written dialogue. It's written as the Greek letter uh, Chi, which they're pronouncing key. Yep. Which lo- which looks like it, which kind of looks like a curvy X. If you're not familiar with Greek letters, I, I could just imagine Nomura giggling with glee when he realizes that the this letter that looks like X can be pronounced key. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to milk the shit out of this. The thing is, is that like <laughs> like Japanese people love their puns. And also, I think they specifically has have a fascination with the English letter X, because like you see in a lot of uh, Japanese product names and video game names and stuff like that, they do funny things with X. Like, for example, Monster Hunter Generations, I believe, was called Monster Hunter Cross in uh mm-hmm. In Japanese, and they had a double cross edition. I mean, usually they like you to say cross uh, is uh, the thing. Or sometimes the X isn't pronounced like Hunter Hunter. But I mean, we don't even have to go too far away for the make your point exactly right. Let's look at our organization 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we pronounce the X's and those as key? <laughs> Hi, I'm, Ke- I'm Key Emmis. <laughs> no, no, we're I not going to do that. Brick, oh. we are only going to pronounce them like they pronounce them in the game, which is why it's Keyblade. Yep. But what, we shouldn't it be Sheblade? No, no. All right, well, I'll ask, I'll ask Kian what she thinks. 
God damn it. Shush you. <laughs> Shush you. With that, the birth by sleep cutscene plays out in engine. They all activate their armor for the only time they use their armor in a fight just to make sure it matches. Yeah, it's a complete in-engine recreation. Like if the focus ends up getting on Terra reaching the pillar because we're in the Terra's route, which means we also get to see uh, Xehanort summoning Kingdom Hearts from up there. I really uh, like the 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 full moon Kingdom Hearts imagery. Oh, my gosh. The Kingdom Hearts. The Kingdom Hearts here is incredible because it's this black, giant blue almost portal in the sky. Yeah. With the with that moon textured heart in it, and it's just filling it's just filling the air above them. Like it's yeah. like like it's if the moonfall happened with it was just like a heart right up there rather than like an entire moon. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a that's no moon moment, right? Yep. Um, and the movie moonfall is just as impractical, so it might as well be a giant heart. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we get to the point where the trailer ends, and the game's story continues for what we don't know. We did see Mickey approaching once again, but Tara is pulls himself back up to the top of the pillar. He hasn't like his eyes haven't changed. That clearly was a little stylized, but with his armor unsummoned, he, he prepares to confront Xehanort at the top of this at this great rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tara and Xehanort share some words over Xehanort's releasing the darkness inside Ven. And then we get a fight. Yeah. The first time I ever played Birth by Sleep, I found this fight frustratingly hard. But. When I'm playing it now, I've done all the side stuff already, and I have Ultima Weapon and Ultima Cannon. <laughs> well, I didn't have a hard time with this, because with Terra, I kind of adopted an absolutely smash everything style, which worked really good in these fights where they don't like counter super hard. For me, the fight was super easy with those uh, extra things, because ult- so Ultima Cannon is uh, Terra's best shot lock. It is a giant it, well, it is the Ultima Cannon from the Lingering Will fight. Hmm. Like, is it literally ca- is it like change the key just like that? Yes, it is literally. He turns his key into a giant cannon and shoots a giant blast of energy. <laughs> Fortunately, the enemies can't push it back at you. <laughs> yep. This is this, basically, I think, where Terra shines best is his gameplay wise is when you can really have the kind of, I suppose, the class fantasy down of basically oh, yeah. overwhelming enemies with pure power, because that's what he should. Be. I had him built with mega flares with our solemn and other massive key strikes. So and yeah, I, and most of my strategy style was to get myself immediately into into blade chain. So he just whack him with the with the huge weapon. Mm-hmm. So Terra starts off the fight just against Vanitas and Xanort, and it's only a little bit into the, the way of the fight. Xanort uh, just tells Vanitas to go kill Aqua. Well, you really should say his line. Did you not know that one's pretty funny? Go take what Ventus owes you and take Aqua's life. It's like, also, yeah, do that. It's like like the second one sounds like he sent him to the grocery store for it. Yeah, like (laughs) go pick up milk, eggs and murder Aqua. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They were out of murder Aqua. What else should I get? (laughs) Yeah, Terry gets fucking pissed off and an aura of darkness arises around him. Terry goes super dark Keyblade Master. And I think I actually I think I want I, I know let's let's go ahead and do these two lines again for between between the three of them. I know we're doing a lot of lines, but as opposed like, oh, we should have done this one. You see how powerless you are to save them. Savor that rage and despair. Let it empower you. You will pay, Xehanort. Was my master? No, my father, Eric, is not enough for you. Leave my friends alone. Yes, boy, that's it. More. Let your whole heart blacken with anger. Good. 
Cool. Yep. Oh my gosh, so emperor. Much completely, emperor. We we've gone full Palpatine here. Let's let's oh, yeah. be completely honest. The yes. one the one thing that I appreciate about Kingdom Hearts is that Kingdom Hearts is unlike what I've seen of, of Star Wars. I think the idea that darkness and anger and rage are bad is makes a lot more sense in the Kingdom Hearts universe than in the Star Wars universe. You know what I mean? Well, well I'll argue that that Kingdom Hearts gives a space they to have their place anyways. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. not in this game, but others like in this game, we're very much getting into like the start of all the uh, problems that have impacted Sora and Riku's lives. Mm. And Part of that is setting up. These are the things that these characters could not deal with that Sora, Riku and Kairi will be able to deal with. And that's what will make them the superior heroes. Mm. And in Tara's case, how Tara handles his rage is paralleled with Riku. How Riku will eventually learn to accept rather fear it, but still he masters it. Yeah, Riku Riku masters his emotions, but doesn't like me. He has a terribly hard time with it but yeah Riku masters his emotions while uh Terra goes down a dark path he he suppresses them until they burst yeah that's the and then, and then yeah. he has absolutely no skills no experience to deal with them and they just run rampant yep so Terra versus Xehanort is another is a pretty easy fight I found uh okay. I feel like he just kind of lets you wreck him oh yeah because right after the fight's done he has what to say Xehanort goes only now have I truly won. As he kneels to the ground, he punches his keyblade for balance. His breath is heavy and wheezing, but Terra looks up and sees an explosion and the ground shaking far away. There, you see? Terra, Terra hesitates, unsure of which way to go, but Xehanort remains constant and there's a great pillar of light behind them. The keyblade has been forged. Then... And now, Terra, it is time for the final union. Holding his keyblade by the blade itself, he thrusts it slowly into his chest. A beam of light shoots out of it, and Terra spins at the last moment. What? At last, our moment is here. Out with the old and brittle vessel, and in with a younger, stronger new one. A orb shimmery with light floats out of his body as his keyblade fades. I swore I would survive and be there to see what awaited beyond the Keyblade War. And now it is your darkness that shall be the arc that sustains me. The heart flies towards Terra. Terra instinctively activates his armor and there's a flash of light. The the light escapes, leaves, and Terra stands with his armor encased in darkness. Xehanort closes his eyes and fades into his points of light. The armor shatters and he drops his Keyblade. And his hair turns silver and his voice changes, with Kingdom Hearts shining behind him. This heart again belongs to darkness. All worlds begin in darkness and all so end. The heart is no different. Darkness sprouts within it. It grows, consumes it. Such is its nature. In the end, every heart returns to the darkness whence it came. With his eyes glinting a new bright yellow, he smiles. He summons the Xehanort's keyblade and walks forward in Terra's body, leaving the armor and pieces behind him. But then chains cover the world, and he stops as if he's surrounded in a dome. What? 
a sound behind him. He turns around and the armor is, is fully gathered and assembled, kneeling with his hands on the keyblade plunged at earth behind him. It waits in silence. Your body submits. Your heart succumbs. So why does your mind resist? The lingering will of Terra rises to its feet, draws the keyblade, and Rage Awaken begins to play. Yep. For those who play, fought long and hard enough to remember that song is a nightmare, now it stands behind you. It's so good. This scene is so incredible if you fought Lingering Will in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, I think that's a really fun reversal, actually. Like, it, it, is, it gets me so pumped up. Like, also, I just want to make a small little comment here. Like, this line that Xehanort says at the end, uh, where he uh, talks about body submitting and the heart succumbing, but the mind resisting... I think that like pretty conclusively ties mind and willpower together as separate from body and heart, fully yeah, establishing yeah. our trinity. As we, we were, as I've been we trying to talk about before, about that mind, body, mind, body, spirit, uh, or sorry, that mind, heart, spirit. Uh, you know, uh, body, heart, spirit. Yeah, body, body heart, heart, spirit. Body, heart, will, power. Yeah, yeah. As as like the way that it works in Kingdom Hearts. We were talking about that Trinity idea in earlier episodes. The heartless are the heart, but they have no intellect for the most part. Right. But the nobodies who are subtract hearts still, for, for ones that are strong enough, they more naturally regain a will and a mind. Mm-hmm. Almost no heart would have, but but almost any reasonably powerful nobody can. Right. Mm-hmm. So it tells Whereas, you that the mind and the will stay with the body for the most part. It still mm-hmm. requires so, a certain level of strength. But so the fact that Terra is a will without a body or a heart right now is pretty fucking wild. <laughs> and I feel like later it's implied that his heart and mind are still within the body. Like we see. Yeah. Like it, going oh, forward. Oh, let's be, let's final- be clear. Um, so now I think we can like a pretty conclusively say that Ansem Seeker of Darkness's guardian heartless that he has behind him. That is Terra's heartless. Yes, exactly. Does anything say that? I mean, no, it's a, it's a, it's implied by context. Um, I, I mean, it's not to the last episode that we see it even appear, but true. But but it is in fact a heartless. We know that because of the the big heart shaped hole in its chest. Yeah, I don't. I think it might actually be a true heartless too, not an emblem heartless. I don't think there's right. an emblem on it. No, it has bandages all over it, wrapped around its chest and and, and crisscrossing over its jaws. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I said, so Link we will stand up and now we're going to get to fight as it. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's a really so, cool moment. That it's so good. That you're the, Terra is the super boss of the last game that you had a lot of trouble with. I mean, if we hadn't figured that out yet, that's pr- still like, hmm. You weren't paying much attention, but I got to say this fight was pretty hard for me. I mean, Ter- it is Xehanort, he does not keep he, my techniques mostly allow being able to charge at my meters. I couldn't do it against him. He is relentless. Yeah. yeah. Well, Terra Xehanort is supposed to essentially be Xehanort more powerful than he's ever been before. He is at the absolute peak of his power yeah. at this point. Because oh, yeah. We take, we well, take his prime physicality. And his and also Terra's prime ability and all the knowledge and the secrets of darkness that he didn't have back then. Yeah, this is this is Xehanort is at his absolute peak. This is like probably the strongest Xehanort that, yeah. will, that will fight until Kingdom Hearts three. This is this is what peak Xehanort looks like. It, I'm sorry if they don't. I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Got you with that one. 
Gosh, but, it's, I like but yeah, it. so this fight, I actually couldn't use form changes the first time I played through it. I had to restart due to the issues with my system, and that time was easier because I was better at it. The first time, I just kind of had to whittle them away and remember mm-hmm. to use shot locks again. Because again, in my first attempt, I wasn't good at remembering them. Right. But yeah, like for me, because I had Ultima Cannon, like the fight actually was super easy this time, even on uh, critical mode. By the time I fought this guy, I had also done a bunch of side content, which... I'll talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> the funny thing is that beca- it ends up being a Pyrrhic victory because oh, yeah. Lingering Will cannot sustain itself long enough to well, defeat Xehanort. What is... Oh, I'm trying to remember something. I remember there's a cool moment in what, like, the... You know how whenever there's a fight, there's a little, like, uh, command. Like, here's, like, what your goal is. It says, defeat Xehanort and take back your body. Yes. So good. Like, yeah, it, for all the little goals that it gives you, when Birth by Sleep is, like... Going full Kino Kingdom Hearts, it like rips. <laughs> and this is like one of those moments. It's just, and it's just this great. You're fighting on this barren pillar surrounded by these chain motifs everywhere. It's implied yeah. that Linger Will somehow locked down the land. So Terra yes. can't leave. Yes. I've been thinking a lot about the phrase peak fiction a lot recently just because <laughs> I keep seeing it bandied about. And I'm just kind of like, this is one of those moments where Kingdom Hearts is peak fiction. Like, I, especially if you've been playing this series in release order up to this point. Right. Yeah. So, you know, this, you know, this has to be doomed, but still it feels so great. It feels amazing. You, you, you wonder still. Yeah. Because we still did not see like the end of the events from that uh, preview cutscene, even though that preview cutscene gave us the tragedy. Like, even though we know what we're facing, we know what it looks like and we know what we've become. But Mm -hmm. still. And once we win, we get another Xehanort report. Number 11. Ventus and Venetus were not matched in power. I could not train them together, or Venetus's darkness would gnaw away at what little Ventus had left. Of course, I needed a place where the boy's light might flourish. The answer was obvious. Ericus and his absolutes. Considering how we had parted ways, I expected friction. But if anything, Ericus seemed delighted to see me again. He readily agreed to take care of Ventus. Now I need only wait for the boy's heart to get stronger. I had not visited this second home of mine for some time and discovered Ericus had already found two pupils of his own. Within one of them, Terra, I sense something. This boy, the well-intentioned, seeks power single-mindedly. And that kind of hunger is a seedbed for darkness. I had found my vessel. <laughs> so now you get, you know that that essentially... This was his uh, plan. Xehanort this had, is his plan this whole time. Yeah. Xehanort had had intended it from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I was like a room. I bet I could count of his body. Yep. By the way, I just real. I just looked something up. I realized that we didn't even mention Terra Xehanort uses all Terra type moves. Mm-hmm. Mm. He uses he uses our Solemn, dark volley, dark impulse, Ultima cannon. Yeah, he it's basically like you're fighting a peak performance Terra. It's cruel. <laughs> So anyways, we have Lingry Will standing over Xehanort's unconscious body. He decides to reward himself by generating a nice cape. Yep. The cape just but sort he, of like pops out from behind him. And he takes so, a knee. So, so we go from, I believe, Nomura commented that capes were very hard to animate in gameplay. So they have yes. there, but, he, but Lingry Will had a cape. So, yep. Yep. So, they need to have, so they need to make sure that he has a cape at the end of the scene. 
Yeah. So he so he takes so he takes the posture of the knight at rest that he is like the like what you like. I always see his posture as you take the posture that you find him at at the start of the uh, fight in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. But but that posture always says to me, memorial of a knight over its grave. Yeah. 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 Standing hands both on the sword, holding himself up on one knee. And that's just always what that screams to me. Mm hmm. A massive explosion of light envelops the field, and as the light strikes lingering will, he sees images of Ventus and Aqua holding their friendship charms. And let's be clear, it's not like just like explosions, like this massive growing shockwave of light. It slowly consumes everything. If you know the spell effect of Ultima from Final Fantasy VI, it looks kind of like that, but in like 3D with cool light. And a bit more pure white, but yes, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, sparks of light fly from the battlefield up to Kingdom Hearts in the sky. Linger and Will just sits quietly there. And I got to say, a really cool piece we've only heard a couple times is playing. I believe it was called Beyond the Door. We first see it when back when Seeker of Darkness tries to open Kingdom Hearts Door. It's just this eerie, mm-hmm. ominous organ piece. Right. And it's like just as Kingdom Hearts closes itself away, we hear Tara's voice as the, as the screen goes to black. Aqua. Then. One day I will set this right. Credits roll, simple and clean plays. Happy music. Oh my gosh. Like it was it was a lot of buildup, but I think it's a good payoff. It's yeah. so I good. I Tara's Root is a very hard tragedy on him because he never truly understands anything what's going on. I right. have to say, now at this point that I finished the game, Tara has the least knowledge of what's going on at this, the end point. Like, Aqua and yeah. Ven showed up and told him things he doesn't understand, and it, even as he fought with all his will to protect his friends, he was consumed by something beyond his understanding. Yeah, I really think that Tara's, like, Tara's basic character is essentially... I want the power to protect my friends. And as long as I have enough power and I can focus on protecting my friends, I don't have to care about what's right beyond that. And that is ultimately leads him to his downfall, which like, and it sets him up as at a spot where we'll be able to maybe uh, have him keep that promise one day where, where he will one day set this right. But we know that all we know of lingering will is that while it still has, intelligence it's definitely like its mind is struggling like mm-hmm. when green will and kingdom hearts 2 is forcing itself to become aware and it, it easily yeah. mistakes you for xehanor and yeah. at the end it only can store like he realizes you're familiar like it, it's it's surviving but it's clearly not easy yeah so i think do we have anything else we want to say about Terra's rude as much fun as i did make of him for being the rube it mostly makes sense. Yeah, I actually think we've made fun of him a lot, but I think he's a really great character. Well, yeah, and I mentioned before that, you know, I understand why Tara made the decisions he did. Sometimes mm-hmm. he does a couple dumb things, but at the core, everything he did was wanting to prove to prove himself and to protect his friends. Yeah, like his he is honestly, I would say he's more failed by the Keyblade Master system than uh, failing of it like his, his master struggles to understand people he he sees he can he doesn't see himself as infallible but he just sees it as oh well i failed let's try again without changing anything right he keeps saying my students are failing me but i'm still right like i'm yep. failing my students why can't i do that? but i'm still right mm-hmm. ericus is blinkered by a lack of perspective and i will say that only gets proven more as we go on 
I think uh, what you were saying a bit earlier about the fact that Terra knows the least is also why I think Terra is the best route to start with. Theoretically, you could start with any uh, character and play the story in any order. But I think the reason why the story is most satisfying if you start with Terra first is because he knows so little overall. If you think about he only inter- interacts with Vinius once, and that's during that one fight with him and Xehanort. He doesn't. Right. He, def- he, he knows almost nothing about this character everyone's talking about. Right. He knows very little about Vinitas, who we will learn a lot about in the next two arcs. He comes in on scenes like Ericus and Ventus. Where we don't know what's going on, so he comes too late. Yeah. We only get part of what happens. His first encounter with Aqua outside of the Land of Departure is Aqua's first steps into the world, we'll find out eventually. So we don't see all the stuff that she encounters with. It makes her go from, oh, yeah, I think you're cool to, dude, what the fuck? Like, no, I love you, but stop. With Terra, everybody's just tr- out to manipulate him. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Ventus and, T- and Aqua, we see a lot more of them just doing their own thing. And so they find out a lot more about the worlds and the, and the characters. That just mm-hmm. generated an odd thought. Remember during Chain of Memories on Riku's route, he gets told by memory side, you only remember the dark around you. Those are the only memories left in you. Tara, his perspective keeps taking him to the worst parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Whether, he, oh, yeah. whether he gets tricked he keeps, by it or he, fights against it, he keeps going. He encou- He only seems to encounter darkness. Yeah, he keeps running into villains. And like that keeps harming him, too, is the fact that he keeps running into villains. And he has yeah. a few moments which are better, like his Cinderella interactions pretty good. But still, at the same time, it's like he's his worldview somehow has, is pushing him in this horrible direction. Yeah, like it's it is very much a tragedy in the Greek sense where like. The, his fate continues pushing him this way and he can't really make decisions to go away from it. And his and his flaw is his lack of confidence. So he feels he has to push down. He doubles down. He swears right. nothing will happen to his friends. He he thinks he has to do it all because otherwise he's not good enough. Right. He needs to like he, he needs to find a way to be strong, to use the darkness that is preventing him from like actually achieving what his master wants him to. Yeah. Yeah. But he feels but he but he gets torn between that, that darkness is something he's ashamed of, but also something that he then wonders if he can use. Like he goes back and forth mm-hmm. and unfortunately he's just getting pulled back and forth by almost everyone that talks about the darkness is doing so with their own agenda. It really right. leaves him not able to have his own unbiased view because he keeps getting these thought these things pushed at him or these bad experiences. Right. And also it it really doesn't help that he can't trust his own master. Yeah, and yeah, that's another thing is like the honestly betrayal of from Ericus to him is, is sort of like the final catalyst that completely sets everything uh, in its final stages. And I feel Ericus fails him from the start. He says, like, how can yeah. I, I would make you a master? But how can I when there's darkness in you? Right. That's a horrible way to go about things. It's literally saying you should feel bad. I would be happy of you if you weren't bad. Like. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that is like that's before they even leave that line happens. Yep. Yeah. And because because of that, it's very easy for Xehanort to manipulate to manipulate Hera. Yeah, because so, he presents himself as the rational alternative. Look, look, he's even respected. Even Ericus respects him. Yeah, so, that, that, that's that's a big thing. It's like because Ericus is so like. OK, with Xehanort's bullshit. Despite the fact that Xehanort is clearly using darkness is a massive failure on Ericus's part. 
And we'll get into this later. We find out Ericus knows way more than he should be talking about. We see him see how far Xehanort has gone in the past. Yeah. Even if we give Ericus a massive, massive, like, uh, okay, and say, okay, I'm hoping my friends turn over a new leaf. Even if you say you can trust him now, it's still worth mentioning. This happened in the past. So if I'm wrong, maybe it's just something you should be aware of. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, that's my, a little harsh to do to someone, but the stakes are really – this isn't just an interpersonal conflict. The stakes are high here. My feeling is that Ericus is – because he is so doctrinaire, he he like may think poorly of some of the things Xehanort does. But because he is officially a Keyblade Master trademark, he he's above that sort of suspicion. And I understand you thinking that just from this path. I will say one of the later paths really may, has me draw that into question. But I understand why the evidence we're presented here certainly suggests that. Yeah. That's that's what I always thought. But there there is stuff that kind of contradicts that later on. Yeah. Yep. I think that's probably a good place to uh, circle back around next week and start uh, with Ventus's route. Yep. And that'll be a lot of fun because I think Ventus's route through the Disney World is actually a lot more interesting. It's the second route for all the second bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And also probably the most fun character to play as because he's the one that plays closest to Sora. <laughs> yeah, he's actually a little bit quicker than Sora. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be seeing you next time for that. Sorry, that new route. But until then, I'm Jared. I'm John. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlog dialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. This makes me think of the alternate universe Kingdom Hearts where it was Warner Brothers in the uh, in the same building oh, as Square God, Enix and, you joke. know, Tara makes a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Ends up I like that balls. joke until I realized it would just be DreamWorksy and annoying. Ugh, I really want to talk about something that Matt would be spoiled by here. What it might end up being. I think you get what I mean, John. Do I? All action-y and, all action-y and Warner Brothers-like. Oh, okay, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No, Jared, no. All that was timeout period. We're not talking about that right now. Oh, no. We can't make that reference yet. About that. No, 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 no. We also are not singing Encanto songs. (laughs) 